0: to go really, except I had a dream this week, and I think that that is where God wants me to go. Um, I can't share the whole dream, but the, the gist of it is we were worshiping, and uh here in this church, uh, but it was like a different building, bigger, and uh, you guys were there, familiar faces, and... um Sorry it took me that was <laughs> it had to catch my breath. I was trying to go as fast as I can as I could, but the dream was there while we were worshipping, we were trying to there was an individual trying to tune their notes and uh it, it just wasn't working out. That was the first part of it and You know, I was like, this song is kind of old and familiar. Why is this so hard, you know? And as it continued, the person went into this room and this room was like a secret place. And at at the time only I could see it. None of y'all could see that room. And I could hear what was going on in the room. Um, the person started to play, but it was as if it didn't matter now what key the person was in. They were able to flow in any key in that secret place. And I was just kind of in the dream, you know, with my arms crossed kind of like this, listening. And that was Valentine's Day morning, I woke up, I was like, okay, God. And I shared it with Vic as we were having coffee, and I, I feel like this is a word for our church. Um, and this individual, which I'll share with them later, there was a, a specific part for them, but for our church, I, you know, sometimes it's such big warfare to um, praise and worship. And it's because the enemy doesn't like it. It's really that simple. He doesn't want the sound that God has placed inside of us to come out. And it doesn't matter if you are a worship leader, praise leader, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter if you are that or not. It doesn't matter if you have a stage or not. The sound that he doesn't want To come out from you is the communion and the devotion and the sound that you have with the Father in the secret place. And it's not that, you know, you can pray all week long and, you know, we're supposed to pray without ceasing, anyways. You know, you can be in communion with the Lord all the time, whether you sit still, whether you're sitting, whether you're standing whether you go to the bathroom or not, wherever you are. I, I I talk to the Lord all the time. He talks to me. Matter of fact, I was telling the musicians at, and singers at our weekly gathering that on my way to the toilet, I heard the Lord's voice. He said, I am always on time. And then I begin to sit down. Okay. So, God is amazing and funny. And and I ha- and because it was so big, you know, sometimes you hear the Lord's voice really small inside of you, but that was so big. But he communicates with us all the time. We communicate with him all the time. But what I am talking about is different. This is actually kind of turning away and aside from everything and kind of turning it up a notch, in a way. It's like turning the heat up a little bit. When you turn away from everything and you go into a quiet place with the Lord, that is a secret place. And it's secret because it's, uh, it's kind of like what you tell someone that you are the most intimate with like all your secrets everything on your heart everything inside of you the good the bad the ugly all the the details but not just because of that but because you want to be with him it's like that intimate place between a husband and wife you have to like intentionally pull yourself aside at times and um not do your everyday, you know, day, you know, coffee and passing each other. And oh, what did you do today? How was work? You know, all that kind of stuff. But something really, it's just more intimate where you're really real with each other, where you go really deep with each other. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, I would love for us to have that every single day. As a matter of fact, I think we should strive to do that every day. Step into that secret place with the Father every single day. In that place, we don't have to worry about all the, the fine-tuning and all the things, and, um, but just allow our love, our worship, our praise, our thankfulness, our gratitude, joy, everything within us we can allow out in that place to Him, connect with Him, in, in a deeper way and intentionally connect with him in a deeper way and listen for him and sit quietly at times and just listen for him. Jesus, I'm here. Talk to me. I'm listening. You know that. And being still before him in that secret place, meaning there's no distractions. Your phone's not with you. Nobody else is with you. It's just you and the Lord. And um, somehow I'm going to tie this into <laughs> this dream to the word that I, I feel like what's been on my heart is holiness. But Paul actually had a really amazing message on this at the beginning of the year, at the Uh, New Year's Day, that's what the Lord gave me for this year, that he was going to take us into a deeper place of holiness. And and so I was, you know, asking, God, you know, I wanted to talk about that, and I have all these scriptures on holiness and being holy. He's called us to be holy, be holy as I am, you know, on and on and on. And, you know, I, I was talking to the Lord in this secret place, and I said, you know, God, I think a lot of people feel like this is impossible. Have you ever felt like holiness is impossible? (laughs) Actually really is. It is without him. But in the secret place, it's possible. When we are in the secret place with the Lord, and we are drenched in his love, and when we are flowing in his presence, and him with us, and in us, and By the way, everything we do is through him anyways. Through him, through his blood, we are not alive. We are dead and we are resurrected with Christ. We're not the same person we used to be. We could not be in his holiness in the old man. But because we are dead and resurrected with the Lord and because we have a relationship with the Lord, and because we have that, that blood that washes us and cleanses us from his cross, and we, we have that every single day, picking up our cross, denying ourselves, dying to ourselves, picking up our cross daily and following him, is really walking in holiness. But it comes from being intimate with him. It comes from our love connection with him, our relationship with him. It is impossible to just try to be holy. It doesn't work at all. And we were singing about it all day today. Um, You know, from Vic's song to the second to the third, it was like a common theme of that. But the key that unlocks the door is in the secret place in your own personal secret place with the Father, with the Lord, being there with Him, spending time with Him, enjoying Him, and letting Him enjoy you, and having that special place with Him. Psalm 27.5, I love the way this translation says this, it, it It says, he, the psalmist, I think it was David in Psalm 27, he said, God conceals me in his tabernacle. And he further exposed the tabernacle dwelling place here on earth and in heaven, in the spirit, as the secret place of God's tent. He conceals me in his tabernacle as the secret place of God's tent. His dwelling place, the tent his dwelling place and because there's not an actual tent anymore it's actually in the spirit so it's if you can just see yourself when you're sitting down or whatever you're doing in this secret place if you go into your closet or in a special room in your home or on the porch or on a swing or whatever you wherever you have these moments with god it's you're entering into his dwelling place. And really, we should be seated there at all times, but it's our connection in this secret place is what's happening right here on heaven and what's happening uh, right here on earth, sorry, and what's happening in heaven. They're joined together when we're with God, when we're in him, when we're seated with him. But that secret place is for us now, today, right now. Every, every chance that we can, We have to make that time for him. And through that place is where we will be able to live in the way that he has called us to live. He's called us to be holy. So it's, it's actually the calling on all of our lives is to be holy with him and walk in holiness from that secret place. That's it.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Miriam. I love dreams. Dreams are so important. It's interesting that she... um, It's cool that she shares a dream because I'm going to do something I hadn't done in about three or four years, and that's talk to you about dreams. So... Thank you for the dream. <laughs> How's everybody doing? All right. How many were at uh, were able to make it to Ferrando's church a few weeks ago? Wasn't that cool? It's awesome when the Lord um uh, way the Lord just kind of connects the body sometimes. Uh he called me yesterday and was just so thankful for us coming and uh So he's a dear brother, and I appreciate what God's doing in their lives. Uh, He's really stoked up about these dream things, too, because he's he's been dreaming like crazy. If you remember him uh, sharing when we were there just how the Lord had uh, uh, used me to nudge him a little bit about God speaking to him in dreams. And uh, and he's been dreaming ever since. So uh, dreams are so important. You know, what I hope for you guys to get out of this when we're done a lot of y'all are already listening to your dreams. Some of you may not realize how important your dreams are, um, but the, the goal of this life is for us to know him and for him to know us. Which he already knows everything about us, but when we begin to open ourselves up to him, there is an intimacy that we experience. And so, when I say God know us, I am not talking about Him no knowledge about us. I am talking about an interchange of knowing, you know, and you know that kind of knowing is only known through revelation, through Him speaking. You know, when Jesus, when the Adam and Eve were in the garden who came and visited him, says that the voice of the Lord came walking in the cool of the day. Isn't that interesting? The voice of God, which was the pre-incarnate Jesus, I believe, came walking in the cool of the day, the word, to have a relationship with Adam and Eve. And there's there's a message in that, that the way we interact with God is through the interchange of God communication. And if you think about what life is, it's impossible to have life without communication. And so our communication with the Lord is so important. And it honestly, turned, it turned my life upside down. In 1995, I went to Morningstar. I was invited by my sister. It wasn't even an official church. It was just a Friday night meeting that Rick started doing in Pineville, North Carolina, right outside of Charlotte. There were two prophetic guys there that happened to be there. Both of them prophesied over me. I had never been prophesied over before. Um, But the one guy, Bobby Connors, he came up to me at the end of the service and just kind of pointed his finger at me. And he said, the Lord wants you to know he's looking for a few good men to be in his army. And y'all have heard this story, how powerful that was for me because that got my attention like, like nothing else. Because... Uh, Almost a year prior, I saw the movie A Few Good Men, and I decided I'm going to give the Army a try. And I signed up for the military, delayed entry program so I could miss the heat of the summer and boot camp. Uh, (laughs) And um, I had to go to Fort Jackson. So, I mean, that's the the armpit of South Carolina, I'm sorry, Uh, but it's just hot. It is hot and sticky. And so I, I, was, I did the delayed entry. And so when I, the, the week before I was scheduled to go, I had a, um, a, a captain call me and started asking me all these questions. And he finally said, did you commit this crime? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then he said, is your name like, I think it was like Joseph T. Newsom or something like that. My name's Jesse Travis Newton, with so similar name, similar social security number. He wanted to make sure I wasn't trying to escape from a crime that had been committed into the army. Which who, I don't, I I guess that's a thing, or at least it was, it's kind of surprising. Um, But, so, uh, to make a long story short, uh, I went to ship out at MEPS in Charlotte two days in a row, and after the first day they sent me home, they said, we've never seen this before, but you don't have security clearance. They had my birth certificate, driver's license, high school diploma. I mean, you name it. They had it. I had a perfectly clean record. Never even had a speeding ticket that actually stayed on my record. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, um, then they said, come back tomorrow. So, Lindsay came and picked me up. We did it again. Brought me back. Had to be there at five in the morning. Sat there all day, five to five. They said, just, we'll, we'll call you. So, When we when you get clearance, so I'm in this limbo of not knowing what God's if God's trying to keep me out of the army for some reason. When I go to this meeting, I had been asking the Lord if He's trying to keep me out of the army. And Bobby Connors walks up to me and he says, "The Lord wants you to know He's looking for a few good men to be in His army." He used the very movie that the Lord had used to, or that that had that had been used to get me interested in the service. So what did that tell me? That told me that, man, God speaks today. He's real. I mean, I knew he was real, but I had never been that real to me like that. You know what I mean? And so it opened me up. And so I started going there, and I started desiring with all my heart to hear God's voice. And I started praying for it. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me like that. I want to hear clarity. Well, you know what started happening? In the midst of all that, I started having dreams. I had a lot of them. And, uh, and, and I can honestly say to you that I have never had a major shift in my life without having numerous dreams about the shift that was coming. I have never had a major shift in my life without having dreams that told me about the shift that was coming. That's how important dreams are. Now, let's look at something. Um, why, well, first of all, let me just say this. Dreams in the scriptures, you know, there's more. I, I'm pretty sure. I've been preaching this for a long time, and now I've been preaching it so long that I need to go fact check myself. Because I, I, you know, you start to wonder if, if what you're saying is actually accurate when you haven't researched it in a long time. But back when I started preaching dreams 20 years ago, this was in my notes. <laughs> uh, and so I believe this is true and there's certainly an argument to be made here that God spoke more in the Bible through dreams than he did any other way. Now I'm just gonna throw out a bunch of dreams that were real quick, like machine gun style, of dreams in the Bible, just to give us a a, a biblical understanding. Because when we realize that this is God's way, then we'll pay more attention. Okay. All right. Genesis twenty three. Abimelech. God comes to Abimelech and says, "You're dead because of Sarah, your uh, Abraham's wife." It was a warning dream uh there was a dream in Genesis 28 10 through 16 to Jacob about the it's a prophetic futuristic dream about Jesus you know being the ladder you know it's the one that Jesus talked about where he, when he's, he you see the the angels of God ascending and descending so in Genesis he's talking to Jacob and then in, uh, he talks to him again in Genesis 31 10 through a dream to give him encouragement and instruction he gives Laban his uncle a dream warning him not to mess with Jacob Okay, there's a warning dream. Uh, He gives a dream to Joseph in Genesis 37 to reveal Joseph's, uh, he gave him a bunch of dreams. He gave him a dream to reveal his destiny that one day the stars and the moon and the sun would bow down to him. It was a symbolic dream. We'll talk about that in a minute. It was symbolic, but it was a dream that actually showed Joseph a future. How far away was that future? It was a long time. I think it was like over 14 years between the time he had the dream. That's a rough idea. So Joseph had a dream about his destiny. Had a dream in Genesis 45 about a cupbearer, to the cupbearer and baker of of the Pharaoh of Egypt. One dream was a very encouragement about a future uh, being replaced and to put the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And the other one was letting him know that, hey, you're about to die. But it was a dream. Both had dreams. God gives Pharaoh a dream. Y'all remember the dream about the the, the, uh, fat cows and the skinny cows and then the fat grain and then the skinny grain? Y'all remember that? In that dream, Joseph was able to interpret, which put him in charge of all of Egypt, which saved the whole known world at that time. So God gives a man a dream. Let 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 me put it like this. A dream. God spoke through a dream to save the whole world. That's how, that's how important this word was. It had consequences for the whole entire region, world, and it came through a dream. The reason I'm saying it like that, because I, I don't want us to underestimate the power of dreams. All right. So then uh, in Judges 7.13, he warns the Midianites about uh, what's about to happen. And then he also encouraged Gideon through that same dream. Uh, God ins- comes and meets with Solomon, 1 Kings 3.5. You know, the Lord actually appeared. It says that the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. So it was literally God coming to meet with Solomon, but he did it through a dream. If you look into that, you'll see it. God came and spoke to Solomon. And as a matter of fact, later in his life, it says that when Solomon turned away from the Lord because of the many women that led him into idolatry, it says that he did all this even though God appeared to him twice. So God appeared to him through, through dreams, Right? Nebuchadnezzar had the dream about the golden statue. You know, that was a, such a prophetic dream that talked about the, the coming of the Christ and how the kingdom of God was going to basically destroy all the other kingdoms of the earth, and it would be established and grow throughout the earth and fill the earth. There's a lot in there I could sidetrack, but that's Daniel 2 1, Daniel 4 5. There was a warning, another warning to Nebuchadnezzar about his pride and how God was about to humble him. Okay. Uh, Matthew 120. Matthew 2.13, 19-22, warnings, instructional, encouragement, both dreams to Joseph. You know, and it says that an angel came to Joseph and he dreamed. You see, dreams, the, the spirit realm will actually visit you, but the only way that you're interacting with what's actually going on in the spirit is through a dream that's in your head. Why does God do that? Well, it's one time that God can actually capture us because we're so busy, we hardly have time to really sit still and try to hear God. We're so busy, sometimes the only way God can talk to us is when we're asleep. That's one reason. It's not the only reason. Uh, Because I give God a lot of time to listen to Him, maybe not as much as I should, but I certainly put in the time trying to hear the Lord and he still speaks to me in dreams more than any other way, personally. So that's not the only way. But the other thing is that dreams have a way of going past your filters. You know what I mean by that? Like, we all have filters. We may not... I'll give you a filter. Here's a filter. Uh, this is very... I'm just, you know, y'all know me. I tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly about me. I am, I am you know, I, I'm a work in process. And, um, but <clears throat> a number of years ago... I was going to Morningstar Fort Mill, and before I, to this conference, and I was going to be around all these people that I was um, that I loved, and but also looked up to. I'm a Rick Joyner specifically, and then there was another prophetic voice there that was um, really walking in some high level prophetic revelation beyond what most people walk in today, and uh, and I would have never thought that. I was would have been uncomfortable around in them, any of them, or felt like I was not comfortable in my own skin at all. If you'd have told me that, I'd have said, You're crazy. I'm not concerned about going, you know, I just did not, could not see it. But I have a dream. And in this dream, the Lord revealed to me that I was not comfortable in my own skin. It was came symbolically. Um I literally, and I mean some people Well, I'm just going to tell you. The the dream that I had was I was a woman dressed up as a man. Okay? I was a woman in the dream, but I was dressed up as a man. Now, was God trying to tell me I'm a woman? No. He was trying to just give me a little message, and the message was I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. In the dream, I was running around, had this shaved boy haircut, but I was a woman, and I was dressed in a suit and tie Dressed totally like a, uh, like a dude. And, uh, and, and, you know, when you see people that struggle with their, uh, their, their sexual identity, there's always a wound there, and there's, a, there's a, a feeling that they're not comfortable in who God made them to be, which is sad. It's the way the enemy's gotten in. So when I woke up from the dream, I'm like, Lord, what the heck? And at first, I wanted to throw it away. Like, that's a stupid dream. But I wrote it down. As I started writing it down, it was like, oh, my gosh, the revelation came. You're not. And I, and I was at Morningstar Fort Mill when I, in the dream when I was acting this way. And I realized the Lord was telling me, you're not comfortable in your own skin when you get around them. And it started this whole thing about <clears throat> having the Lord. Um, I said, Lord, I want to get comfortable in my own skin. I want to know your love that I could sit down with any king on earth and not and be totally at peace because I am a child of the king and I don't need to be trying to, I, I need to be totally comfortable with who I am. See, this dream bypassed my own filter of who I was. Can y'all hear that? I still had to have ears to hear. I had to want to hear something from God that maybe, and we have to do that, We have to be willing to hear things that we don't believe. See, I thought I knew me. If you'd have tried to tell, if someone else would have told me that the day before, I'd have said, you're nuts. You don't know me. You're so wrong. How many times have we rejected words that people have for us because we think we know better than what they're telling us? I've done it. Matter of fact, it wasn't until last year that it really finally hit all the way home and I became totally convinced that I don't really see myself as good as I think I do. And that people do see me better than I see myself. I would preach that, but I didn't believe it. I believe it now. So when people come with words that are not um, to me, that are not um, maybe not flattering, or maybe not maybe it's just something not bad or good, or maybe good or whatever, but I don't see it, don't reject it. Take it to God. They could be wrong. I don't just believe something because somebody tells it to me, but I shouldn't reject it. I should pray about it, really seek the Lord over it, don't have that gut reaction like, that's not me, because it could be you, and you don't know it. And so anyhow, so dreams have a way of bypassing our filters. I couldn't have heard that if it didn't come through a dream. Praise God for that dream. And it, and it began a whole process of me seeking to know the love of the Father in such a tangible way that I was at peace no matter who I was with. I'm not striving to try to be somebody. Are you all with me? <clears throat> so dreams are important. They, in Numbers 12.6, I'm going to go quick. We don't have a lot of time. I'm going to go quick through this but, because I want to get to the meat. And this is, this is really an introduction I did this about, I don't know, three or four years ago. This is an introduction into dreams. I can tell you for sure what will happen is, especially you should start asking for them, but what will happen is when you leave here, you'll start having dreams. You just will. It just happens. Write them down. Okay? In Numbers 12.6, God is talking to Miriam and to Aaron, and he says, If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. See, God's saying that one of the ways, he goes on through a whole list of things. He said dark parables, which are, or dark sayings, which are parables. Uh, he said, but not so with my servant Moses. I, with my servant Moses, I spoke face to face. But one of the ways that God was speaking to prophets, this wasn't just, uh, you know, the so reason I say that is because this is a high level. Dreams are high level. Matter of fact, there's some of the highest level outside of uh, being caught up in the spirit realm. In a, you know, th- this is because when God gives us an impression or a word, we, it, it go for for anybody or for us, it gets filtered through our brain. But dreams don't. Dreams kind of come dr- straight into us, and there have we have. It's like it, it goes past our, our guards, our our uh, walls that we put up. And so it's easy to get an impression wrong because it was a true revelation, but you're filtering it through your own prejudices. You, you see what I'm saying? But dreams is harder to do that. I would have never in a million years dreamed that I was a woman dressed up as a man. He he bypassed my prejudice to, to show me something about my heart. So God speaks. If there is a prophet among you, the Lord shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. I shall speak to him in dark sayings. And Job thirty three fifteen In a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men, while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from pride. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing into Sheol. See, so here's Job, uh, in the book of Job, God's w- telling us, this is how God speaks often to men. You know, he speaks to all men through their dreams, okay? He is trying to warn people all the time through dreams. I can tell you a pretty cool one. This is just, you know, as we're going, I'm just talking, but uh, all my life, when uh, it's not always like this, but this is a common one. When the Lord's trying to deal with pride in my life, I will often have a dream that Ric Flair is in my dream. Now, if you're a good old country boy like myself, you know what some wrestling is. And uh, Ric Flair, when I grew up, was this arrogant, flamboyant, uh, they called him the nature boy, and he was just cocky, but that was his character. That was the persona he had to play. But when I, would dream, when I first started dreaming about him, I was like, Lord, what are you telling me? And I started thinking about what Ric Flair would represent, and it was like, it's pride. And then after that, as I began to say, okay, well, Lord, show me, what's kind of pride? And then, bam, once you start asking, Lord, what, what kind of pride is there? And see, you're wrestling with it, because I don't want to be prideful. So I'm wrestling with pride. I don't want to be, but there's, we have pride in our hearts. We just do, all of us. And we have to deal with it. We have to get rid of it. And so I appreciate the Lord showing me, warning me, hey, you're, you're working through something here, buddy. Pay attention. You need to deal with this. I have dreamed about Ric Flair over and over throughout my life at different stages. And every time, I would, it's just like a check. Check your heart. And I was like, Lord, show me what this is. And bam, I would see a particular area where pride had risen up. Okay, Um, Acts 2.17, and it shall be in the last days. God says that I will pour forth my spirit upon all mankind, and your son and your daughter shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, I I think there's more to that than just literal dreams, but it certainly includes dreams. Are all dreams from God? No. Some dreams really are from the pizza you ate. Ecclesiastes 5:3, as a dream comes when there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. If you read that in the Hebrew, it's basically when, you have, when you're thinking about something, something has got your attention, you'll end up dreaming about it. Okay, I pay less attention. It doesn't mean I, I totally dis- discard it, but I pay less attention to dreams, both to me and from others if something that they had been thinking about prior to them having the dream, and then they dream about it. Now, occasionally you will have a dream it's from the Lord like that, but more times than not, the things you were thinking about when you had the dream is probably not the Lord, okay? Because dreams really do come through the busyness of life. You're, think, you're stressed out about your job, you're thinking about your job, then you have a dream about your job. Okay, stuff like that. Uh, many times, like... I, uh, I think I remember riding home from, uh, on a trip and I was thinking about something in the world and then I had the dream that night about something that was what I was thinking about. You know, I, I put that, I don't, I don't count those too much. I mean, I'm, I'll still ask the Lord, is there something in this? But I, I count them less. Um, in all my life, as adult life, since 1995, when I began to recognize God speaks through dreams, I, I dream regularly. Now, I, may do, I do go through seasons where I might not have a lot of dreams, and that's because the Lord's not really wanting to say much right then. He's just letting me work out maybe some of the dreams I've already had. Um, but I have dreams all the time, uh, especially as I'm approaching, po- approaching um, a shift in my life. Or warning dreams. There's all kinds of ways, reasons the Lord will give you a dream. How do you know if a dream is from God? Now, that's a good question, isn't it? There's not an easy, straightforward answer. Um, you know, like everything in life, it really boils down to knowing the Lord. Getting to know Him. What I do is if I have a dream... I talk to someone about it, sometimes, usually, it, and that's very helpful. I get majority of the interpretations of my dreams when I'm telling somebody else. Hey, what do you think this dream means? And I'll start telling the dream. Almost without fail, they will not have anything on it, but I get the revelation while I'm talking to them. I don't know why that is, but just hearing myself say it out loud, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, and then I realize what it is. Now, there are times I share it with people, and there's people that have gifts of interpretation, I tend to I tend to operate in that gift. Do not come to me with your dream after church. (laughs) Just telling you, don't. Uh, I don't mind listening to your dreams sometimes, but uh, I don't want to stampede because a lot of people. I'll be honest with you, a lot of people don't get the interpretations because they haven't cared enough about them to really do the things you got to do to 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 get the interpretation. I do. I write my dreams down. This is not all of them, but these are the most recent dream journals. Anything God speaks to me, whether in a dream, vision, whatever, I write it down. Why? Because it's his word. I want to go back and be able to look through it. You know, I had a dream. I was telling Lindsay this dream I had probably 15, 20 years ago. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was probably 15 years ago. It's just coming true this year. I sure am glad I had it written down. I can go back and look at it. There were details about it I was, miss- I was m- missing. And I went back and re looked. Re-looked, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what this was. You see? The other thing is, I've cried out to God to give me the gift of interpretation of dreams. I've spent a lot of time crying out to the Lord for it, but it's like this. God is your Father. He loves you. He wants to have intimate relationship with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants these dreams to be awesome interchange between Him and you because what happens is when you start having dreams, you're gonna start having this dialogue with God where God is guiding you and leading you on your path. And that means around every corner of your life, God is involved, and he's talking to you about it before it happens. You know how exciting the Christian walk becomes when you're hearing God like that? It's amazing, and he wants to give you the, the, these are, well, let me, let me, I talk about this in a minute. Let me see if that's where I'm at. Um, Well, it wasn't where I'm at, but I'm going to jump anyway. You know, Ecclesiastes, is it Ecclesiastes? says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search a matter out. God hides things not from us, but for us. Okay, that's a lot of the reasons why God speaks symbolically through dreams. Because there, it's, it's, a, it's a mystery that he wants to, to give you the answer of, but he wants you to care enough about the answer that you'll pursue the answer. If you don't care enough about the answer to pursue the answer, you're not going to get it. I said it wrong. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not... It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search a matter out. Is that answer you, you, the address? What was it, Joel? Proverbs five two, Thank you. I don't know where it is here in my notes, but I know it's somewhere. Um, so when we care enough to actually pursue this thing, the Bible says in Matthew 7 and in Luke 11, if you will seek, you will find, if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. If you look at that in the Greek, it says this if you will continually ask, you will receive. If you continually seek, you will find. If you continually knock. It's not like, hey, Lord, I want to know what that is. Oh, what are we doing over here? Let's go see. You know, it's like, squirrel. No, he wants you to want it. He is the most valuable being in the universe, and one word from him is worth everything in our life to give it up. And, he, and we have access to him. But, this is not, but he should be desired above all else, and a word from him should be desired above all else. And if for people that don't really value him or his word, they don't deserve to have this great treasure that we have been given, which is access to God Almighty who every being in the universe... See, right now, we just see all these human faces, but there's a spirit realm that has beings we have no idea about. Seraphim and cherubim, angels, watchers, beings that were called the sons of God, which end up being the watchers. We we don't know that much about them, but there are more of them than there are of us. And every single one of them tremble and fall down at this amazing God who is beyond anything we can comprehend that he can hold the universe in his hand he is big he is everything and yet we sometimes don't even value the word he gives us to pick up a bible and read it or to write down a dream he gives you we need to wake up to the reality of who he is and value it the way we should value it because there's nothing more valuable than this intimate relationship with our father. Jesus paid a great price so that we could have access to this God and he wants it more than we do, but he won't give it to us if we don't value it. The door's open. Jesus said it. He says, you know, John in Revelation, the door is open. Come up here. God wants us to come up and and get stuff. And this interchange between God is so amazing. I'm going to talk a little bit about about that. Um, So, interpreting, how do we know if a dream is from God? (sighs) Ask Him if it's Him, write it down. It's better to be safe than sorry. I write dreams down that I'm not sure about sometimes. Now, if I absolutely do not believe it's a God dream, I some, I won't write it down because it does take a lot of effort. But if I even have a hint that it might be, I write it down. Yes, it takes time. This represents um, maybe seven years of my life. Okay, Maybe. It takes time to write down dreams. But man, it's so valuable, especially when you're going, you start going through things and then that dream flashes before your eyes and then you can go back and look at it and be like, oh my gosh, what a treasure. What a help this is now that I'm actually going through it. Even though it didn't make sense to me five years ago, now everything's being fulfilled and this is actually the lifesaver that I need to help me through this season that I'm in. Uh, dreams come in two types. Literal. And symbolic and often they're both not often sometimes they're both it, and, and it depends I, I know people that dream more literal dreams but I know more but the most people that I know of dream more symbolic dreams I dream more symbolic dreams than I do literal sometimes I dream literal dreams like literal dreams that literally happen I'll dream something and then it literally takes place that is rare for me Sometimes I will have a symbolic dream, but there will be literal knowledge, like real-life literal knowledge in the dream in the midst of the symbolic knowledge. And when I see the literal knowledge in real life, it helps me understand the symbolic of what's really going on there. Okay? Um, like prophetic words, there, there's three things in dreams. The revelation, that means it's the dream itself interpretation, what does this mean? And then the application, how does this apply to my life or to someone's life that the dream is about? Often in dreams, and I'm, I can't go too deep in this, I'm already, I know we're already way past time, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm, I can't go too much into this, but this is when you go deeper into the training of dreams and the symbolism of dreams. Often when people are in your dreams, they're not even who they are, they just represent something to you. Like like I mentioned, Ric Flair wasn't literally about Ric Flair. Okay, so you have to be careful. Sometimes you can have a bad dream about somebody, and you want to be quick to go give them this negative word about their life, and it's not even about them at all. Their name represents something to you, or they represent something, not them themselves, but something they may speak of. Does that make sense? So it's you got to be. Tr- it's a little tricky. You got to ask God the whole process de- requires dependency on God relationship back and forth asking questions listening waiting okay um, just give you a few examples um, and then i'm I'm gonna we'll wrap up I, I will really try to wrap up um, yeah I' covered that so actually we're almost done I covered the back half of these notes already. Some might say, thank God. (laughs) Um, So dreams can be in different categories for you. Um, I'll give you, like sometimes a dream is given to you and it's for the purpose of you interceding, intercession, praying about the... Um, this was a great learning process for me, but back in 95, I believe it was in 94 before I'd signed up for the military. So 93, 94, I was a gym rat. I lived five days a week at the the Rick Flair's Gold's gym in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I worked out two and a half hours a day as a 19 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old. Right. And, um, um, there was this guy there named Chris, who uh, we became friends. He was older than me by at least ten years, maybe fifteen. He was a bodybuilder. He uh, and and he kind of coached me some, and he became like a big brother to me in the gym. And his wife worked at the gym and got to know them. Uh, they were not believers, but I, I you know, I wasn't exactly the, really on fire for the Lord at that time in my life anyway. Um, and so when I left and I started getting on fire for the Lord, things turned around for me in 95 when I went to Morningstar, life changed. I started having this dream about Chris and I would, I dreamed it at least five times where I, I'm dreaming it over and over again. When you're really getting something over and over again, you, I mean, the Lord is screaming at you. I mean, that's like because that's not normal for you to get something over and over again. That's the Lord saying, this is imperative, get this. And, it, and the Lord was helping me, because I, I, I was brand new to all of this. But I kept dreaming that his ribs, he had hurt his ribs, and he had bandages around his ribs. And so about the fourth or fifth time I dreamed this, I'm like, I'm going to find this guy, and I'm, maybe the Lord's trying to heal him of, of, of busted ribs. And so I go to the, the, the gym, and I'm looking around. I go, I go all over the gym, go into the locker room, go throughout the, the place. I go to the front desk where his wife used to work, and I, and I ask for him. I say, oh, he's not here. He, I say, well, what about his wife? It's like, oh, she don't work here anymore. I'm like, really? And I, he's like, yeah, you heard about him, right? And I'm like, no. Now you gotta, it's been like a year since I'd seen him. He's like, yeah, they got, they got separated and are getting a divorce. And I just heart sunk and I was so sad. And as I'm, I was like bummed out and I left the gym. As I walked out of the gym, I opened the door, start walking down the corridor to go to the parking lot and it just hits me. Busted rib. Where do we see rib the first time in the Bible? Eve was made from Adam's rib. He has a busted rib. That was for me to be praying for their marriage but it was also to teach me. (laughs) And I learned, wow, how powerful is that? Now, interesting enough, because sometimes the natural does reflect the spiritual, I ran into her probably nine months to a year later, and I ran up to her, and then I mentioned the dream I had to her, and she's like, wow, he actually has busted his rib lately, and he can't been able to work out. So he literally did have a busted rib nine months later, but I think it was I think that sometimes literally, like sometimes literally, we have physical things that are uh, that are the result of what's going on in the spirit realm. It just I've seen that for all the times I've walked with the Lord, I have seen that numerous times where people um, end up having a physical problem, and when you deal with the spiritual root of it, the physical thing goes away. Um, so that was interesting. So uh, here's a cool one. This was a directional dream. I had a, when I lived in Charlotte, I lived in a, a when me and my wife bought our house, um, we lived in a, in a neighborhood where you might have, if where I'm standing, okay, this is the outside wall of my house. That's my neighbor's house. Okay, so they were, it might have even been a little closer. I don't, I don't, it was very close. I mean, you're, you know, like you're on top of each other and you're neighbors, uh, neighbors, neighbors. So in this dream, my neighbor across the street, who I knew of, I had said hey to him for a couple, maybe a year or two. You know, I actually had went over and fixed, tried to help fix his wife's computer one time. Uh, but really didn't have much of a relationship with them. I mean, it's, hey, how you doing? We go inside our houses type of thing when we get out of the car or whatever. They had kids. He was from Nigeria. She was from the States. But in this dream, I had this dream that that uh, this man from Nigeria, who was my neighbor across the street, he was older than me by about 10 years, 10 or 10, 12 years, something like that. And I was in a tent sleeping. And in the dream, someone unzips my tent, comes inside, and, and it's him. And he lays down right beside me and goes to sleep. And dream, And I wake up from the dream. Oh, that's weird. That's really weird. Talking about bypassing your, your, your walls. I mean, I would have never thought, had that thought in my life. But he came in. So I didn't know what to do with that. I'm like, what in the world does that mean? Well, I think it was either that day or the next day or it might have been a week, I don't remember it, It so long ago. Um, His kids, which I figured out were about eight and three, out of the blue, for no reason at all, that I had no relationship with them whatsoever, they come and knock on my door one day during the day. And I worked from home when I wasn't on a job site. I did everything else for my company at home. And I was in the middle of pricing a job. I was deep into it. I go to the door and hear these two kids looking up at me. And they're not even saying anything. They're just staring at me. And was like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" Hey. What can I do for you? They're just looking at me. It's like the cat had their tongue. They just didn't they're just staring at me and I'm like, "This is weird." I'm thinking this. And uh and and they go I was like, "What guys, what can I do for you?" And then real shy Uh Uni says, can we come in? And I thought, this is weird. And I was right about to tell them no. And that dream flashes before my eyes of their dad who had come in to my tent and laid down. And I knew that was the word of the Lord, that I was to let these guys in my tent, let his family in my tent. So I let them in. And now the West is history. I've been a father to those boys. They, they, they were at my house almost every day. Uh, they're like a brother to uh, Alexa. Haven, too, now, but, but she wasn't born. She, we were kind of on the back end when Haven was born. But, uh, and y'all know Frank, the, 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 the one that asked if he could come in, because he was here for about, a I don't know, three months, four months. He ran sound a little bit. Y'all remember Frank, for those who've been around a while? He's a part of my life. And, I had, and he told me one time, he thanked me about a year, I don't know, I lose track of time, and I, I certainly wouldn't want to embarrass him, but I just want you to see the power of obedience to a dream. He, said, he thanked me one time, he said, I don't know where my life would have been if you wouldn't have been in my life, and I, you know, everything you told me about God and how you taught me about Jesus and everything, I wouldn't have had that, and you were an anchor to my life. And it just, I mean, I just wanted to ball like a baby, you know, when he told me that. But I tried to hold it together. Uh, but it just, the obedience to a dream. And it made an impact on two young men's lives who I've been able to sow into and are actually part of my family now. I mean, they're part of my family. That's the power of a dream. So we have to pay attention to this stuff. Um, I know it's late. I got other examples that I could share with you. Um, I don't want to keep y'all too long, but you get the drift, right? So there are lots of things that we need to pay attention to our dreams. Dreams are symbolic. They don't always mean what you think they mean. I had a dream one time that my buddy was doing cocaine. Right? I know my buddy doesn't do cocaine. like, what is that about? I started praying about it, and then I got a download. You know what cocaine is? It's an upper. It's where you can't sleep. You're like, you do cocaine, you're like, you're wired. You can't rest. If I don't know much about drugs, but I do know that people that are on cocaine can last, I, I think, days sometimes with uh, just going. And, I'm, and then it hits me. You know, the Lord's trying to tell this guy he needs to rest. He's got a serious issue in his life where he's addicted to not resting, and so I started praying. I was like, "God, you got to speak to him before I'm gonna tell him his dream." But you got to speak to him, Lord. Please, I started praying. Please speak to him before I give him this dream that and correct him because it was a correction. Um, come to find out in his life, he had been he 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 has a a, a good degree. He's an engineer. He has a full-time job, and then he had opened up a, a grass-cutting service and was working seven days a week. He'd leave his one job, go to work, work on the weekends. He's working seven days a week. I didn't know that. I call him. I've been praying. Lord, speak to him. I tell him the dream. He's like he kind of chuckled. He's like he's like I knew you were going to tell me this when you when you told me. I was like it's like he the Lord had prepared the way, and he ended up. Um, receiving the word, and cut back on his work, and started resting. There's just so many examples. We're going to dig deeper into this in the future. Uh, I, I just really felt like the Lord wants to awaken everyone to the reality that God is talking to you all the time. Pay attention to it, because what will happen is your life will absolutely shift if you start paying attention to these dreams. When you start caring about one dream, and you start valuing it, God will start giving, it to, giving more to you. If you're faithful with a little, you'll be a ruler over much. Isn't that what the scripture says? When we're faithful with a dream, God will make us a ruler over much, and more dreams will begin coming to you. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to start having divine revelation about your life and the life of those around you and how to maneuver and manage your life in a way that opens up God into everything you're doing. And it becomes the most exciting walk in the world, this Christian walk where God Almighty is, is directly involved in everything we do. Isn't that amazing? All right. Well, Lord, I'm just asking that you increase visions and dreams to your people. Lord, I'm asking for release. Everybody wants more of this. Just stand up. Well, Lord, you see this group of people Father, hear our heart, hear our cry. We want to have you in our lives. We want your voice. We value you speaking. We value your word, Lord, to us, your direct word to us. And Father, I'm asking for release. You said in the last days you would pour out your spirit. And Lord, I'm asking for a fresh increase by the Holy Spirit of dreams and visions, encounters with you. Lord, we want to encounter the heavenly realm. We want angels to come into our dreams. We want you to walk into our dreams. Lord, release more to your people. Release more to your people. And Lord, give us the uh, grace to value every time you give us something from heaven. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We appreciate it.